Good morning, family. Praise God for another day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We thank God for his mercy and his grace and causing us to be able to be in the land of the living again. Truly, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. I pray that you're doing well, that you've made it through these entire uh, several days, I guess, that we've been in the stay-at-home order and those things as we see America, or at least some cities and states opening back up. Uh, as always, I'd like to start in a word of prayer, and we'll get into the Word of God for today. Our Father and our God, thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Thank you for preserving us and our going out and our coming in. Father, you've been gracious unto us. You've been merciful unto us. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Thank you again, Lord, for your kindness. And I pray today, Lord, open up the eyes of our understanding that we would understand the Word of God and be able to walk therein and therefore please you and all that we say, do, or think in Christ's matchless name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. I want to start off by actually saying thank you. Uh, on behalf of my wife and I, my family and I, we would like to say thank you all as we celebrate our 12th pastoral anniversary. Uh, we couldn't be here in our 12th pastoral anniversary without you. So thank you for allowing us the opportunity to serve you in the pastoral capacity. Thank you again as we reflect on 12 years and all that you've allowed us by the grace of God to be able to accomplish together. It's been a, a tremendous journey and we're looking forward to an exciting time in our future together. So thank you again. Thank you for your um, affirmations. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And thank you for your willingness to work with us in the kingdom of our God. May the Lord richly bless you for all that you've done, and may he give unto you that multiplied that you've sold unto us, not just financially uh, over the years, not just uh, the support, but everything that you've done for us. May he richly multiply it back into your life abundantly in Jesus' name. Well, let's get into the word of God for today. Uh, my subject for today is Embracing the Kingdom Movement by Getting Back to Normal. Embracing the Kingdom Movement by Getting Back to Normal. And I know you say, well, Pastor, I thought the other day you talked about the new normal. Well, let's hang on. Let's see what the, what the word says today, and we'll see where we're at. But it's Embracing the Kingdom Movement by Getting Back to Normal. There seems to be an overwhelming desire to get back to normal in our society now. Many of us have spent several weeks uh, under the stay-at-home order and, and have now become eager to engage in our normal worship service or gatherings. I believe God has given us a reset of sorts so we can get back to normal. I think Normal is an interesting term because depending on who's defining it, it may expand our horizon of what normal is. For instance, what is God's normal for every believer? Listen to this. Go with me to New Living Translation in the 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. I want to just read a couple scriptures here to you. I'm talking about what is God's normal for every believer. In other words, what's a normal uh, expectation of us 
as believers in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. He says, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in God's normal, every believer has a spiritual gift and is eagerly awaiting Christ's return. Hmm. Verse 8. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into a partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Under God's normal, he will keep us all strong and blameless right up to the return of Jesus Christ. In God's normal, we are all in partnership with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. See, this is God's normal for believers. Look at verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So God's normal has the church living in harmony without division, and in God's normal, we're united in our thought and our purpose. Hmm, this is God's normal. So if we're going to embrace the kingdom movement, we need to get back to normal. Hmm. Many of us desire to get back to our places of worship. But what does God want a normal worship service to look like? You know, I had an older tablet uh, previously, and it would just go out. I mean, I'd be typing on it. I'm trying to put on my notes and, you know, get things in there and do a little study. And it would go out. And I, I had someone look at it for me. And what they had to do was cut it off. But it had to be, it had to be reset. It had to be cut off and going back to the default settings. In other words, it had to go back to its factory preset. Many of us desire to get back to our places of worship, but what does God's factory preset for worship look like? Maybe, oh, well, let's just, let's just get into the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, New Living Translation. The Bible says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So, as we look at what God's normal is for our services, love should be the primary goal in every service. Every time we come together as a group of believers, the, the motivating factor is love. You know, the late Bishop Lockett shared with us years ago, he says, love plus spiritual, I mean, love plus need equals a spiritual manifestation. See, we love to bring our needs to service, but how about bringing God's love to service? Because when you bring God's love to service, plus whatever the need is, there's going to be a spiritual manifestation. Let's make love our highest goal. Drop down to verse 26, same chapter. 
New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. See, you'll be able to go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but I want to summarize. I want to get to the heart of the matter of what God's saying. Because I want to know what is God's normal for service. So when we get back together, when we finish tearing up the carpet, shouting and rejoicing that we're back, we get through hanging on each other's neck and just being glad that we're there. Now, what else is really God? What is he expecting? The Bible says in verse 26, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So, in God's normal worship service, we are expected, number one, to meet. We are expected to meet. I know what you're saying, well, Pastor, we can't cause what's happening now. You know, this is temporary. This is the default. We, th this is the reset. The reset is happening right now. The reset is happening so we'll know what to do when we get back, when we get cut on again, if you will. So the first thing we need to do is meet. Now, he says someone will have a song. So it's the song of the Lord. God's going to give us a song. I'm simply saying, listen, this is, well, it may not be the contemporary song of the day that's on the radio but it will be the song of the Lord. See, I think that we decided that we were going to tell God how his services should be instead of looking to see in the manual how he wanted the services to be. So according to this, we're going to meet together. One will sing. It says there will be teaching because somebody's going to teach. There will be revelation. See, you can expect God to reveal something when we come together in his presence. And it says one will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. So there's going to be a divine utterance with a divine interpretation. You know, I want you to look at this last thing. It says, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So everything is designed to build up the local body. See, this is not about us sticking out as individuals as much as it, is, as it is us encouraging one another, strengthening one another as a local body. See, everyone in that local body is involved in the worship experience. I know, I, I know we, we are set up, we're so accustomed to, well, you know, did he preach good today? Did he do this good today? Well, he seemed like he was a little off today. Well, uh, you know what? This is about all of us. When you look at the way God's preset from heaven was, it was about all of us coming together in a service that was motivated by love to edify everybody in that service. Let's go to verse 27. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. Now, now watch this. Did you get this? God's normal is so abundantly gifted that order has to be given to accommodate the gifted body. He said, no more than two or three should speak in tongues. In other words, it ain't that it's only two or three. We ain't got nothing. We don't have time for two or three. And this is the way we need to do it so it'll be orderly. 
It is so abundantly gifted that now we have to have order to accommodate the body of Christ. See, this is the way God done the preset. So that means he has an expectation of each and every one of us. We should be bringing something to the house of God. We're excited about coming into his presence. He may use you. You may have a word today. There may be something that God has put on your heart to encourage somebody right now. And we're not going to sit on that. We're going to allow God to do what he wants to do. Verse 28. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. There are no big I's and little U's. In other words, if we don't have all of the components, because he says, listen, somebody's going to speak in tongues and somebody must interpret. But if there's no interpretation of the person that's speaking in tongues, then speak quietly to yourself because there's no big I's and no little U's. We're all in this together. This is getting good to me. Verse 29. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. What? Do you, you mean to tell me that God will allow us to evaluate prophecy? Oh, yeah. Because there's a place of maturity that I believe that God has designed us all to come into. Well, we can evaluate the prophetic word. But let me show you what's really loaded in this. The Bible says, let two or three people prophesy. So it's only two at a time because there are, listen, there are multiple prophetic voices in the local body. Stop trying to see who else is the prophet out there. Maybe God has a prophetic uh, voice for you. And being prophetic doesn't make you a prophet. It just means you have a prophetic voice. You're gifted to prophesy. And see, as we, be, as we begin to learn what the giftings are in the body of Christ, and we see what God has for us, he told this church, listen, since y'all got all of these gifts, he says, now all you got to do is eagerly come, I mean, come together and eagerly await for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services should be exciting. Should be a place you can't wait to get to because you don't know how God's going to manifest the gift that you have or the gift that others have. It becomes an exciting thing of anticipation because you know God's going to do something. And anything God does is good. Verse 30. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. See, in God's normal, we start to realize we don't have it all. Just because somebody's prophesying don't mean, oh, oh. No, it could be somebody else that comes up with a word and that, that word supersedes what they're saying because it adds to that and it gives a whole nother perspective. So the first person stops. Not that that person didn't have it. No, it's the order of God to let you know that we none of us have it all. None of us. We're all operating by a spiritual manifestation that is ordained by the Holy Spirit. He's given it for each and every one of us to profit with all. Well, verse 31. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. In God's normal, everyone should be learning and everyone should be being encouraged. 
See, these are the things that I want us to think about when we get back into the house of God together, making sure that we're all edified, making sure that we're, we're motivated by love, and making sure that we're open for our giftings to flow, that God will be glorified. Verse 32, remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. Let me say that one again. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. In God's normal, temperance or self-control is demonstrated. Well, the spirit just led me and I couldn't. No, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. We got to see what spirit that is then. Because according to the scriptures, you're in control of the spirit. So let's make sure that we see ourselves doing things decently and in order where God can be glorified and the people of God can be edified. Verse 33. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the meetings of God's holy people. So God's normal worship service benefits everyone and involves everyone. God's normal is not disorderly, even though you may not have a program. Did you get that? God's normal is not disorderly, even though you may not have a program. I think sometimes we like to get in, in service in a way where we know what's next. We expect this and we know what's going to happen. I'm just simply submitting to us, nothing wrong with having an orderly fashion of service. It should be. But I believe that we need to be at the point where we said, okay, Holy Spirit, we came here and we're motivated by love to please you. Now, whatever you want to do, we're open to it. And as we set ourselves simply to honor God in each of our services, as we, this ain't the time that we come and doze off to come and think about what, you know, what we're going to be cooking when we get back home. What we're going No, this is the time we come collectively. And I believe that this reset that we're having now, it's enough to make us miss the house of God, to make us miss the fellowship with one another, to make us miss God's normal. So when we do look at getting back to normal, it's not our normal, it's God's normal. So maybe God has given the body of Christ a reset so we can default back to the heavenly preset in our services where everyone is involved and everyone benefits and ultimately God himself is glorified. I'm looking forward to getting back to normal. I don't know about you, but I'm excited because I believe we are in wonderful and, and precious times where God has allowed us. I, I, I feel like... Uh, the scripture says in Esther, for such a time as this, God has allowed each and every one of us to live for such a time as this, to be a part of what he's doing now. And I'm encouraged that when we get back in the house of God together, that we'll be open, that he's, you know what? I'm really challenged to see what he's done in your life. Really challenged to see what he's purposed in your life during this time. What has he been depositing in your life that's going to bless the entire body of Christ? What has God been doing to you, with you and in you in this secret time where nobody else has been there but you and him? And we just can't wait to get back together and see it all unfold because this is what it means when we embrace the kingdom movement by getting back to God's normal.
Listen, maybe you're saying, I don't understand what God's normal is. I just thought it was just church. It's just somewhere we go and somewhere we attend. You know, maybe you were one of those CEOs. You were Christmas, Easter only. Or maybe you were a CME, you know, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. And you didn't understand that church was more than that. It was more than a holiday occasion where you come together. Church is an expression of the body of Christ here on earth. It's an opportunity for us to come together and honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Listen, if, you, if you're willing to meet Jesus, I'm willing to take an opportunity to pray with you. See, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. He's not just a great prophet. He's not just a great teacher. He is the son of the living God. This same Jesus lived a sinless life. He died for our sins. Our sins by my sins and your sins and the sins of the world. He died for them. He was the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he gave his son as a sacrifice for you and I so that we don't have to die and go to hell. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, it talks about the gospel. It lets us know that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. That same Jesus wants to be the Lord and Savior of your life, but you've got to invite him in. You've got to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And what I'm asking you now is to make a decision. It's to make a decision to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. To take a moment out from all that's happening in the course of life and all that's going on and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my life to you. Matter of fact, I would like you to pray with me. Just pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. Truly, I have sinned against you. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, come into my life, and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Heavenly Father, I thank you that because of your son Jesus, I now have a relationship with you and I am saved. Amen and amen. It's as simple as that. You express with your mouth what you believed in your heart. And now you've demonstrated it by activating your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've prayed that prayer and now you want to learn more about walking with the Lord, learning more about what services should be like, listen, I want to give you an email, an email to contact us with. The email is rlwmsmedia at gmail.com. You should see it on your screen. Feel free to go there and just email us. Hey, Pastor, I've seen some things. I heard some things that you said. Now I'm interested in, interested in following up. Could you help me? Sure, we'll make sure that you have everything you need to walk this walk. I thank you for the opportunity of sitting here and listening today. And I want to share a couple quick things before we dismiss. For those of you all who have been following us, several weeks ago I made mention of uh, things, in essence, that were happening. And I talked about the sun, the moon, and the stars and those things. And I mentioned to you that they were more than likely become a coronal or what I called a CME at the time. A CME is a coronal mass ejection. If you go back and you'll look about April 16th, 17th, somewhere in there, there was a coronal mass ejection right after us finishing with that word. 
What's happening, you all, is we need to be aware of the sign of the times. I'm not saying that because, oh, I said it was coming. No, I, I am not the prophet. I'm just reading to you what's in the book. Simple as that. But there was one. It sideswiped the earth. You can go back and you Google it and you can find it. But I also want to submit something else to you. On Wednesday, which is, I believe, April 29th, an asteroid is going to pass close to the earth. I know you say, well, that happens all the time. Remember, Jesus let us know in the sun, the moon, and the stars, there will be signs. So we're supposed to see things and recognize the sign of the times that we're in. I'm simply saying that asteroid is going to come past us. And I know you say, asteroids, so what? No big deal. CNN reports that this asteroid that's passing by Earth on Wednesday, listen to this. And you can Google this. This is not me doing this. You can Google it and see it. CNN is reporting that this asteroid looks like it's wearing a face mask, just like the rest of the planet. You say what you want. I believe God is sending us signs to let us know his son is on his way. I pray that you take this word and that you would live in a way that brings all glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Because after all, I want to be able to say just like the Apostle John said, even so, come, Lord Jesus. God bless you.